Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Smodco Radio Network. Hello. New in a podcast. I'm a host. My name is Marty. I got energy as fuck right now of this fruit smoothie. It, it looks gross, but if that's what we get from it, then I'm all for it. I love that I chose uh, a fried chicken restaurant cup I know. to put it in. Gus's. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have you had it? No. But I hear it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't hate it. That's Cassandra. Hi. I'm Marty. And, Hi. And if you want to tune in... um. Oh, I don't know. So uh, I'm just reading the tweets. If you want to tweet in at us while we're doing this, that's uh, Nooner Podcast. We'll be, we will be joined later by later. Kyle <laughs> Kyle Bornheimer, actor and uh, extraordinaire. And Steve was unable to join us today. But, you know, that's probably fine, right? We don't need a little, you, you know, we can deal with a Steve break. Steve break. Steve break. This past weekend. Mm. Did you watch the White House Correspondents Association dinner? I watched Michelle Wolf, the fucking yeah, well, fire bitch. So they honor the press and give out scholarships and awards to uh, journalism students. Are you going to tell people how to follow us along? Did you do that already? What? How to how to follow, follow us? Follow along on. What? Did you already do that? Yeah, Nooner Podcast on the Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. And on Instagram. What? At Nooner Podcast on Instagram. Oh. Maybe we make this motherfucker live at some point. I don't know. Are you listening live right now, Instagram? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. We're just, this is a story. We're doing our best. So the the correspondence dinner has been around for a while, but for whatever reason, sure. the past like, I don't know, decade, 12 years, uh, it's become somewhat of a spectacle. And this year, comedian Michelle Wolf, who is a correspondent on The Daily Show, has her own Netflix show now, has an HBO special, um, originally worked over at, um, I think, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she delivered the roast, and I thought it was funny, right? Yeah. I mean, it was profane. Not every joke landed, but it was like spicy. I don't spicy. think she wanted every no, joke. No, exactly. Landed. I mean, she was she was awesome. She was great, and she called out everyone. She called out Trump a ton, of course, and then, I mean, she even called out Ted Kennedy. She called him a murderer. <laughs> He's been dead for a decade. Fuck it. Yeah, and then, you know, called out Jake, Jake Tapper's O-Face and then Hillary Clinton's incompetence. And, you know, most... And, and then at the end, she pointed out that the people of Flint, Michigan still have no drinking water. But she was just pilloried in the press for taking shots at Sarah Sanders. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House You know press why, secretary. though, is because they spent so much fucking time... Um, looking at her dumb face and the way that she was reacting to it. Like if they wouldn't have given Sarah Huckabee Sanders face so much like screen time of like not being able to take a joke. Yeah. And she's the one who and is also constantly she's a lying saying, bitch. Yeah, she, well, let's uh, she does lie on the president's Sorry. behalf. And then, and then she says things like, you know, when Trump t- says something that is demonstrably lie, a, a lie, she says, Oh, that he was just joking. 
So mm-hmm. she, clearly she knows something about humor that uh, Michelle Wolf should probably take a note from, right? And then she also takes just cheap, passive aggressive and, and blatantly aggressive shots at the, pr- at the press in the middle of these briefings. Mm-hmm. So Wolf compared her to the evil propagandist character in A Handmaid's Tale and then <laughs> also said that she used the ashes of facts for eyeshadow. That's it. That, that, that's really the harshest thing she said. Oh, I mean, and, and like, then called her a liar, liar, liar. You know, you know that's pretty cool that you at least your makeup's on point. Yeah. And then conservatives and, and reporters on cable news just got all butt sore, ignoring the fact that this shit happens every year. It's a roast. A roast is where comedians call truth to power with jokes. They punch up with very funny, profane, often jokes. And those are the best ones, the ones that we remember. We remember 2006 when Stephen Colbert called out George W. Bush like on stage and it was it was so funny and so cringeworthy and just it was one of the greatest comedy performances. Hassan Minaj was like hilarious last year. Sure. Um yeah, was it Yeah, that's right. Hassan Minaj. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like obsessed with him. So oh, I remember every time that he performs he, ever. He's a cute fellow. Oh, my God. He's also so funny. And he's married to his like high school sweetheart. That's so, not true. Oh, he just that? has a very long joke about his high school sweetheart. Oh, well, he's married. He's married to uh, the type. Oh God, I sound so ignorant right now. The type of Indian that he is Which married is to. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Pakistani. Well, you're a bad stalker, you know? You're really... I don't think about his wife. Okay, all right, fair um, enough. No, he, something with his religion. He's Muslim, and so and then his uh, wife is um, something else. Uh-huh, And okay. uh, usually, like, that does... Oh, my God, she's I'm so embarrassed. Hindu Can we just start over? <laughs> she's Sikh. Um, something like that. Okay. So... Anyways, religiously, they're not supposed to be together, but, like, it's right. 2018, motherfucker! Well, with this roast, the only reason why Sarah Sanders was targeted is because the president refused to go. He went off to some stupid rally in Michigan. He also didn't go last year. Right. And because he just so, doesn't go. Because he was roasted really badly by Seth Meyers when he did it in whatever two twenty ten or whatever it was. Which was a 20, great he was roasted what, uh, well, in twenty sixteen? No, no, no. When when Obama was president. Oh, Seth Trump Meyer, got roasted. Yeah, because he was in the audience and oh. Seth Meyers called him out and, you know, <laughs> just mocking his desire to be president. And um, and so. So this is all Seth Meyers fault. Yeah, it's all Seth Meyers fault. And it's Seth Meyers fault that he's president, too, because, you know, Trump was like, oh, I'll show you. But yeah. Oh, but, and then so true. Trump is this like precious little snowflake who will only enter a room if it's full of sycophants who just, you know, yell and chant and wave signs that with his name on it. Sure. Yeah. And but the thing that was surprising is how many journalists turned on on Wolf, like Maggie Haberman at the New York Times, just people all over cable cable news. Like when, you know, she's doing comedy and she's doing her brand of comedy. It was not like she strayed from her her genre if you see if you've seen her do stuff yeah it's cruel profane, she said do more research cutting. before you book me yeah exactly <laughs> and so but in addition to calling out the administration and all sorts of politicians she also called out the media in a really cutting way and i just want to this is at the end of the speech and i'm just going to play this right here um i gotta turn up the soundy poo <clears throat> there's a ton of news right now A lot is going on, and we have all these 24-hour news networks. 
and we could be covering everything. But instead, we're covering like three topics. Every hour, it's Trump, Russia, Hillary, and a panel of four people that remind you why you don't go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Milk comes from nuts now, all because of the gays. Funny. You guys are obsessed with Trump. Did you used to date him? Because you pretend like you hate him, but I think you love him. I think what no one in this room wants to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. He couldn't sell steaks or vodka or water or college or ties or Eric. <laughs> but he has helped you. He's helped you sell your papers and your books and your TV. You helped create this monster and now you're profiting off of him. And if you're gonna profit off of Trump, you should at least give him some money because he doesn't have any. And, you know, it, that was the thrust of her point is that the whether it's um, I, I don't think that she's saying that they colluded to make him president. But now that he is president, no, they, they gave him so much free media. Yes. And, and they and because cable news is doing really well right now because people just tune in. I mean, it's like the 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 like best and dumbest reality show ever. Like, what's he going to say next? And, and how are all these pundits going to react and who's going to yell at whom? And so there's like this outrage that happens in these panel shows where everyone yells at each other. And then, you know, it's it's an act. Mm -hmm. And because it gets good ratings. And... Makes which, me nervous for Kanye 2024. We Right, right, exactly. And... He used to be 2020, but now that he's pro-Trump, he's 2024. Well, I, <laughs> He's but, giving Trump four more years. Yeah, and the whole thing about this sort of spectacle type of uh, politics is that, that it makes us, or me, part of the problem. I watch these stupid shows. and like, Thank you for acknowledging that I don't watch the news anymore. Yes, you don't watch. You were smart. But like, you know, we... We are complicit if, like, our we target our emotions, whether it's rage or love or whatever, on Trump, and he because he thrives on that attention no matter what. He just mm -hmm. he loves controversy. He loves just being at the center of of a whirlwind. So I and I think I, I if you do watch these stupid cable shoot shows and panel shows, you should stop watching twenty four hour news, you know, or watch like real news. Find out like the real sources of news, whether it's Vox or I don't know, NPR. Um, there are all sorts of different I thought you were going to be like, start watching like nightly news. Like your oh. local nightly news is like, that shit's depressing as hell. Yeah, but at least you know what's actually going on in the world as opposed to You don't to know just... what's going on in the world. You know the, what's going on within a 10 mile radius of you and how many people are getting murdered by their spouses. That's scary. Yeah, yeah it is really I don't scary. like watching eyewitness news. Yeah, and there's, well, not 15 the car news, accidents but, but today are... on the 405 and there's a killer on the loose. And uh, did you know that you can get killed by AIDS and cereal? And this is Checkers. He's up for adoption this weekend <laughs> yeah. at the Santa Clara County Fair. Let's check the weather. Yes. There are so many ways, better ways to spend your day. And, but it's like this like, sick and twisted addiction that isn't even fun the way like, you know, booze is. But yeah, yeah. But so I want to start. So no more, about, no more cable news, just right. alcohol. And, and real news. And by real news, I mean... American Idol finals. Fuck. Okay, hold on. Gather yourself. Okay, prep yourself. Come on, this is big. If you have an opinion about this, please tweet in. Um, you if know. you have an opinion on American Idol, I want to hear it. Okay, yes. look. Come on, Steve. Come on, JP. 
Tyson. Is that all who's listening right now? Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Well, listen. I'm listening. I'm listening. So, as of last week, America, we were able to start voting for our favorites. Katie, Luke, and Lionel got it down to a top 14. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. They got it down to a top uh, 20 or some shit. And then we, as Americans, had to get it down. No, no, no. Okay. We, they got it down to top 14, and we had to get it down to top 10. So, so just get rid of four. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All we had to do is get rid of four. Yeah. So then the show was like, okay, we're going to take America's top six picks and then let the judges pick the last four from, you know, the final eight that were left. Okay. Over. So America picked all of the white country rocker people and picked one black guy. Okay. And there were a couple to Was he choose. like Darius Rucker Black, you know, singing country songs? No, okay. no. He is a, an angel from heaven. I mean, okay. he's so cute and like, he's like so nervous and like has like the dorkiest personality and his name is Michael. Um, you know, and he's just like so nervous and so grateful to be there and blah, 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 blah. But then they had these other two black guys that they could have chosen from, Marcio and Dennis, who both have children, who both come from like, rough fucking neighborhood like marcio's straight up from compton and like his child is actually his drug addict sister's child that he's choosing to raise because Mm -hmm. she can't and he's like sweet and he cries all the time and then the other guy dennis has two children and he's like really picked his life up and when he auditioned he he showed up with a guitar with a hole in it oh because like he's just don't all guitars have holes in them no but like a hole like not where the one is supposed to go and so and then there's another connect or contestant named Ada Vox, who's actually this guy the named drag, Adam, drag queen. and he's doing it in drag, and he's by far the most talented person out of all of them. And America didn't vote these people through in their top six. So Katie and Lionel and um, uh, Luke had to save them. So they saved a lesbian named Journey, a lesbian with a uh, a wife who is in the military. Okay. So you'd think. Um, they saved Ada, they saved Dennis, and then they uh and then they saved fuck who the fuck did, else did they save? Uh, bu- 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 help me. I don't know. You're not looking at it? I, oh no, but fuck, but dude. I'm looking at Ada Vox. Yeah. And, and, uh top uh, Well uh, okay. That, okay, okay. Anyways, who cares? Um so and they saved one more uh minority. Um and uh, like, bro, show me, show me a list, ABC. Just show me a list, so okay, I don't look like a uh, fucking. Oh, Michelle Suset, who is this girl from Venezuela, and she's so much fun, and she's really talented. And they're like, you know, use the fact that you're bilingual, like use it, use it, use it. Okay, so then top ten, it's Disney Week. Okay, here we are. We're mm-hmm. fucking in it. Yeah. And America has to vote by the end of the show. Okay. So like. You watch the show and then the voting closes by the last commercial break. So they're forcing you to sit at home and do it. And I did it. Okay. Because I was like, even though like some of my favorites are these white country stars, along with some of the minorities, I was like, I'm not giving them any of my votes because I was so shocked and so like unpleasantly reminded of this country (laughs) and who must be watching ABC. That I was like, I gave all of my votes to the minorities. I had to. Okay. 
and I only voted for them. Ten right. votes each. So, sure enough, America, mm-hmm. you've got, we had to lose three more. Who do we fucking lose? Dennis, the black guy with two kids who had a hole in his fucking guitar and who's so talented and you don't deserve him, America. You lose Ada Vox, the drag queen, because there's probably people in middle America who are disgusted by him, even though he's not doing anything wrong. And he's the most talented one for sure. And you lose Michelle Suzette, the immigrant from Venezuela, Venezuela. who's in this country legally and who's, okay. whose entire family is back in Venezuela who she doesn't get to fucking see. And then they they push through... Uh, journey she was the last one okay she squeezed through probably because of her military wife right right. and but um, if it had been nine she would be off if it had been down to six yeah she would have been off right um but then they pushed through michael again they really like michael that he gets through like early on the the black guy okay uh, michael right anyways i just (sighs) well it pisses me off yeah and i in I don't know why I'm surprised. Right, because this is the problem with democracy, right? You know? Well, I just don't get it because... Well, who's watching this show? That's true. That's true. Because everything that I just said is probably not falling on any of our listeners. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because Tyson hasn't listened since season seven. I haven't watched since season one, but I just was like attracted to the idea of it all. Right. But like, yeah, I guess, yeah, who's watching it? Who's, right. Who could possibly be watching it? Yeah, like who, it, who watches NCIS, you know? And that show's been on for 20-whatever years. I just Not thought, really, okay, but. so the reason that I got pulled into American Idol in the first place is because I was watching The Bachelor. And I know a lot of people who share my political views and opinions who like will love who the love The Bachelor. The yeah. Bachelor's like a hot dumpster fire. It's fun to watch. And so I was pulled in by ABC's like heavy marketing for the new season of American Idol with the bachelor yeah um but boy howdy was i fucking wrong because the minorities and the gay people besides journey just got fucking shafted well um if this is the saddest disappointment you've had in your life then (laughs) you're you're doing okay is but, that all? That's what you're going to boil it down to? Is that no, this is like it, it, not a real that, problem? It, it is a it is a problem, of course. It's a problem. And Ada Vox was very. Uh, she was. She was not. Um, she was not. She was very gracious in her in her loss. She said, "You know, if America's not ready for me, that's that's fine. But I'll keep on doing this." Well, and they all should. I mean, that yeah. little that little Suzette could be, you know, the next little j-lo if she wanted to uh-huh. i mean hopefully she'll get some sort of spanish singing yeah contract and but i think yeah, dennis if, lorenzo should be can become an rb r&b star but like also the, i say these things but there's been fucking a million seasons of american idol and it's not like every single person who makes the top 10 no you ever hear of again but the talented ones they endure you know like jennifer hudson she came in like fourth or fifth or whatever yeah, and she's has probably the best career aside from Kelly Clarkson out of that whole. Carrie uh, Underwood. Oh, and Carrie Underwood also has a very big career. Yeah, yeah. but those besides those two, those that's true. You could win American three. Idol, and no one could ever hear about you. Yeah, again. I mean, who who gives a shit what Bo Bice is up to? I guess he didn't win, but Bo Bice but, did like a lot of Broadway, didn't he? 
Um, no, I think that was Constantine. Constantine did it. Yeah, I can't believe I know these. Names. I'm shocked I'm so too. Embarrassed. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyways, it just bummed me out because it was just like, I have like really good hot, and this is probably my fault because I don't tune into the news because I have the privilege to not always tune into the news. Is that, um, I in my bubble just assume, I assume that most people are on the fence and or or like very opposed to this current administration right. and the current vibe in the country and so i'm like okay well it's definitely going to flip over like you know we had we had an oopsie like a big fucking oopsie but like everyone is definitely upset you know because how could they not be so they should vote for ada vox i understand dude <laughs> it's just like it's it's trying to show progress in the ways that we can i know but like they're the, and also like fine okay fine fine you can't stomach a tr- uh a, a drag queen uh-huh. Fine, because maybe you have some weird transphobia still. I'm Fine. getting over it. Getting over it slowly. But like, really, I'm not ready to. You vote. can't stomach like a black guy with two kids who's like really talented and really humble. You can't stomach a girl from Venezuela who sings and dances for you people. Like, what do you mean by you people? And instead, you push through Cade, Ugh. the new country boy. Yeah. I mean, so are you going to continue watching? Yeah. I mean, it's only three more weeks. Okay. But I mean, I already know who is going to win. It's going to be Caleb or Gabby. But like. What about Michael? No. Michael is. Michael. And I know Journey's out next week for sure. Because you barely squeaked in this week. And. Unless they, unless ABC starts pushing that military the, shit, the lesbians, hoard. The, the lesbians and the military viewers like start banding together. Yeah, maybe she has a chance. It's just gnarly, and it like bummed me out a bunch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it was like me on the Wednesday after the election. You know, I got, I felt that is what way. it felt like. It felt like how I felt after Hillary Clinton lost, um, completely shattered. Uh, temptation to move to another country, uh, wanting to just stay in bed forever, um, not being sure if it's going to be okay at all. Yeah. Not, yeah, confusion. It. I did get all of those feelings. Well, I'm... Tears, cr- crying and hugging someone in an Uber. <laughs> just your Uber driver? No. Oh, crying as i waited on tables and them crying too oh my god that's that's so i'm talking about american idol i'm not talking about the election definitely not talking about the election i know what you're talking about (sighs) uh in it's fine in utah there is a a girl named uh kezia daum dom kezia dom kezia dom i don't know oh no well it's uh she was posted on instagram or Twitter, her prom photo with all her white friends, and she's white too because remember this is Utah. And while every all the other girls were wearing taffeta and promy shit, she chose to wear a chung sam, which is a traditional Chinese dress. Wait, so she's white? Yeah, and but she wanted to wear a, t- a Chinese dress. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Twitter like <laughs> busted a nut. 
like accusing her of cultural appropriation and mm -hmm. which is crazy to me like i mean she wasn't disrespectful at all it wasn't like she wore yellow face like i don't understand i would have said a rice hat Oh, she did not wear a rice paddy hat. I, I watched a, an old Disney movie recently and I remember that that was a way that they... Yeah, that's how they. you could tell the Asian from... Ah, oh, the Siamese cat is uh, oh, right. Chinese that's because right. he's got a rice hat the on. The Aristocats. Yeah. Whew! Yeah. yeah that, see, that, that is uh, not cultural appropriation. That is that's just... That's just a blatant racist. reason. Yeah. Yo, if you go on Disney's website and try to watch uh, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat so that you can catch that super racist moment, they mm -hmm. cut it out. Uh, of course. You got to go on YouTube and watch and watch get it. Deep. Yeah, you can't get Song of the South on, on video anymore. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. They banned that a long time ago. I think you can get it overseas. But um, yeah, so she was like pilloried through on, on social media. And I don't think she did anything wrong. And like there are just so many ways to express rage about cultural appropriation. And... Uh, I think the Redskins is racist and a girl wearing a dress and being, you know, not being disrespectful about it and not like making it a whole race thing is totally fine to me. Like it, if it's, if yeah, she, she thinks just it's wanted, pretty. Yeah, she just thought it was pretty and looked yeah. cute. Like I went to the Renaissance Fair this weekend and I saw plenty <laughs> of Asian and Latino and black people wearing kilts and armor and all sorts of European finery. And there was no like outrage about that. Like, I mean, w isn't that the equivalent, you know? I would think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been to the Ren Fair? No, I'm dying to go. I know that it's definitely right up my alley. Yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. And I'm on the record as like hating crowds and people. Yeah, and, I don't like them either. Yeah. But for whatever reason, and I had a long discussion with my wife about this, about why discussion all the way to the Ren Fair, uh, all the way back from oh, okay. the Ren Fair, yeah, <clears throat> and it it it's because like people there are like you grown know ups. How they're yes they're grown ups. <laughs> well, no, you know how when you go to like I don't know Universal City Walk, everyone's in their tight little tribe of bros yeah. or whatever you know whatever they identify with, and then there's a lot of just like posturing and like making fun of other people or just acting like like you're the only important people sure. there. And people tend to act like dicks. And then at the Ren Fair, the, the people who attend there uh, make are actively trying to engage with other people. That's fun. And people are nice and polite and inviting. And and also there's no judgment because people, you know, are wearing... Scarlet. How on earth could you? Yeah. How on earth could you be judgmental about like, like, like the, anybody there? Like... You know, people would just have really shitty costumes or they'd be dressed up like, um, what did I see? I saw some good uh, Doctor Who stuff and some Star Wars stuff. I'm like, it's the Ren Fair. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's the Ren Fair. Fuck it. Yeah. That's, it's this the is Renaissance. An, it's a new Renaissance. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it was really, really fun. And I think that's a way of celebrating whatever your culture is. And I think that this girl wearing or whatever culture you want to celebrate. And this girl wearing that that dress, same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you guys, if you spent half as much time attacking a white girl for wearing traditional Chinese dress to her prom and, like, really put that energy towards voting minorities through on American Idol... <laughs> 
I feel like you'd make so much more of a point. Like, let this girl live. It's not, she wasn't, I, you know how many bitches I see on Pinterest, on Pinterest, like throwing like Havana nights parties and like dressing up like fucking Carmen Miranda with like, you know, uh, the headdress is full of fruit and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look at that and go like, that's offensive. Right. Um, you're just doing. Uh, look, though, there's a fine line because then you can go to Harvard fraternities and then they do like black yeah. people parties and that's psychotic white, but white people doing black face parties that's yes that is yes. what i mean um also can i talk about um you know uh the cash me outside girl yes so she goes by the name bad baby now okay um with h's so b h a d b h a b i e bad okay. baby um she's got billion followers on Instagram. And so I kind of fell down like an Instagram hole with her. Uh-huh. And um <clears throat> she's got like there's other people like her on Instagram who are like maybe like definitely under like between 16 and 7 years old. Oh, okay. And they are like acting like outwardly like ghetto and aggressive and insane. And now I'm talking to an empty microphone, even though I'm not supposed to say that I'm talking to an empty microphone. Hi. Anyways, I'm talking. If you want to talk about cultural appropriation, yes, we could talk about these these young, like 15 year old, uh, rich white girls on Instagram who are throwing money in the air and um, posing on the to- on top of nice cars and talking about how they know these streets and. Things like that. Um, anyways, I fell down a, a big loophole, and these people have millions of followers, and it made me so nervous. Yeah, she. I think she was like nominated for like a Billboard award for her <laughs> the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, bad, sorry. bad baby now. A bad baby. Um, her name is Bad Baby now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, H's. it's Kyle Bornheimer joining us. Hi, I'm Cassandra. Hi. I'm fucking starstruck as hell right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're in everything. You may know him from that T-Mobile commercial back in what year (laughs) was that? 2007, 2008, yeah. That was a a big deal for you, right? Was that a big break? Yeah, Yeah. it's um, Matt Tarsus who created the show Worst Week, which would then be my first sort of big break, as it were. His dad saw that commercial and called him and said, you should look at this guy. Really? Yeah, so that commercial was definitely... Yeah, so you might know Kyle from Worst Week, Perfect Couples, Angel from Hell with Jane Lynch, mm-hmm. also appeared in Party Down with Jane Lynch. Uh, You've we- talked about Party... You've talked about that crew quite a sure, bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've been... They've all been on here. Well, no, I guess not all of them, but uh, some of them. And then you were on the first episode of Westworld. Mm-hmm. What? Like, How's that going? I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, Kyle's going to be on the show. And then like, you didn't get killed or anything. Like, I know. I, well, that was like, I was a huge... First of all, am I, what am I interrupting? What, uh, no, you're we, inter- we, interrupting nothing. We're just literally talking about young <laughs> nonsense. Young nonsense on Instagram. I can talk about young nonsense. Um, actually, I might not be able to. I'm really nervous because I don't... I, I feel like you You have a lot... Of, you're smart, Marty. And and I was listening to some of your episodes, and there's other oh. smart people. And then, like now, as I'm getting older, I'm like worried a that I'm not smart about 
just generally things. And then now I'm getting too old to understand. Po- like, I kind of know what you guys were just talking about with the cash out thing. Yeah. Cash but, like, me outside. Yeah. yeah. And I, but I was like, I was going like, to, for like five minutes, I was going to research it when it started coming. I was like, I should look into this. And I was like, it's going to pass tomorrow. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know who she is really. And so I'm insecure about that. Oh, you shouldn't. You be. don't need to. Like, we, the be. whole point about this show is just. Just having an opinion about things you don't know about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I am on the right show. Yeah. You are absolutely on the right show. Uh, You might. Yeah. So like I looked at the top 10 or whatever, like the New York Times had a like the top 20 most influential songs like right now. And I looked at it, knew none of them. Gucci Mm -hmm. flip flops. That's her. That's her one that she okay. does. I started following her her on Instagram. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if she was on that list, but. Cardi B was and like I don't know King something or other. Uh, what was that one? King, I don't know. But but I I felt King so Kunta? out of uh, the Kendrick Lamar song. I know it was a it was a King Cruel King Cool. Oh yeah. Well, there's also so many songs that when I'm when King I'm Cruel. um you know if, if, if when I have the you know when I'm in the car listening to music. That it's like there's a song title and then it's featuring like three other artists right. and I don't know who I'm listening to. I'm like, mm-hmm. Is this Cardi B I'm listening to right. or is this Kendrick Lamar? Like who's who's responsible for this? And also I don't know how hip hop records are made. Yeah. Like, like when you can watch like VH1, like the making of Joshua Tree, like, oh, I see. Like they play <laughs> the instruments and they come in and like he'll lay down a groove and then they'll put out. But I don't know like how is the music made for uh, like is that stuff all sampled, or is that all in the like? It, is Kendrick Lamar writing down music, like writing down notes on a piece of paper? It, it is kind of crazy. Like they they'll start with beats, or they'll start with whatever. Like, but they're like people who package just beats together and then um, sell producers. Those. Yeah, producers. Yeah, um, right. see, and that's we're missing those shows because I don't know the last time I've seen anything on VH1 that had anything to do with well, making. I music. think that VH, right. the fact that you you mentioned that. The best says, I said VH1. I was like VH1. Oh yeah, they do like love and basketball. I think right. Now. They don't do the mu- They don't even do music. Mm, yeah. No. yeah, there is a show. I, I started um, TiVoing it, which I'm just going to keep saying th- things that don't aren't, 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 aren't a thing. Um, I started DVRing it. Is can yeah, you even yeah. see DVR anymore? Mm, I don't know. What, yeah. what do you say? I'm recording. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think don't DVR know. still stands. The DVR yeah. is a thing, right? Yeah. Seems like so many letters. Like now, this generation now would be like, "Why are you saying DVR? It's a digit. Like, like right, right. You digit, and you, you were listening it? to this. It's this more like you still have cable on your Zoom. You know, yes. Yeah, so, well, I was, you, were, you were airing on the radio. I was right. listening to today's <laughs> podcast live as I was coming over. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you're you're eight thirty a.m. Right? Is that is that your your? Uh, I guess that would be eight forty eight. Um, no, but um, I forgot my train of thought. What I was, oh, I was recording. Oh, there is, I, it might be VH1, but it's, it is the making of, of, it's, it's the history of hip hop and it, and it does a lot of documentaries on really like, and where I'm not uneducated, my, my wife is very hip hop literate. Like she knows, she just grew up in, like, I was like the alternative music 90s kid, like just right. like indie rock. And right, right. if it was, if it wasn't indie enough, I had to go even indier. Mm. Um, and so I kind of missed hip hop. And when it would come up and like, I, I'm now kind of catching up and I'm like, man, a lot of that stuff was good. And it was a cultural moment that I missed and just didn't understand and was like in my little town in Indiana, just didn't. And so now I'm kind of playing catch up on it and trying to understand what I didn't even sort of wasn't present for in the 90s. Is your family still in Indiana? They've mostly moved out. Oh, actually, they've all either moved out to California, uh-huh. some in Arizona, some in Missouri. Right. Uh, right. But you grew up like all your formative years in, in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. 
first 18 years of my life. Wow. Yeah. That's that's in small town Indiana, Mishawaka, yeah. Indiana. Now, right. Adam Driver is also from Mishawaka, Indiana. Have you met him? I have. I just did a movie with him. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So you're uh, you're gonna be in November the Noah Baumbach. Yes. Movie. Is it still untitled on IMDb? It's still untitled. Yeah. yeah. So that's very I exciting. If I'm supposed to come up with a title. I wonder if that was my job. <gasps> did you guys talk about? Oh yeah, that was your job. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle? <laughs> Noah's waiting. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing that. Um, but, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Is that a person I should know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, cool, cool, cool. He's uh, the partner of um, the, the Lady Bird uh, director, writer. Oh, okay. So it's not like a life story on him. No, no, no. He's a he's writer, director. writer, director. Oh, so I should really know him. You should, yeah. He's You've probably a, seen this. Like, he writes with Wes Anderson a lot. They write movies together. Oh, I've heard of Wes Anderson. Yeah, I, I, the Squid and the Whale. Did and, you see um, that one? I remember from Kicking and Screaming, speaking oh, yeah. of the 90s, because not only was I an indie rock, kid i was an indie movie kid right and kicking and screaming was one of those 90s indie movies that came up that this was like, the, oh this kid's just like making movies on his own man like just let's go do that that's yeah. why i moved to la like i thought i could just work in a video store and make a movie and right right i'd be tarantino um yeah he did margo at the wedding miss uh what mistress america oh the meyerwitz stories on on netflix francis ha with with his partner sure. yeah He's a he's a great writer director. He's yeah, an, yeah. an American treasure. I'm on I'm on IMDb. I know who we're talking about okay. now. Uh, so I know this how guy. All over how this guy. was when did you shoot that? Uh, a couple months ago. Oh really? Or so la- you last, just yeah, wow. a couple months ago. Yeah. So you spent February. winter or did you do the California part? I did the California part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I did like uh, three or four days here. Ray Liotta. Oh, that's cool. Um, I got to work with him a lot, which was amazing. And um, and yeah, it, I guess it's coming out in November. It says. Yeah. 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 With about eight hundred other Netflix movies at the same time. I'll oh, see, is, it, I'll see is it for Netflix? Oh, billboards on Melrose, all interchangeable. Yeah, every day. that's my Fuck. that's my wife who she does all those. Uh, really? All yeah. right, then I will shut my mouth because yeah, I, uh, yeah. as everyone in America, I have opinions on Netflix theatrical distribution. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she she handles all the posters uh, that or the billboards in in L.A. Well, the billboards, I don't. Yeah. Well, now now I'm just no no no. Now I'm just stepping. That's my in favorite it. part the about billboards LA. are great. It's the Netflix theatrical philosophy that. I'm. Well, uh, I wonder. So many of us in the movie world are trying to rec- trying to figure out what yeah. put out Netflix as many as possible. With, well, yeah. yeah, because there's so much content, and you wonder. Not not putting it in theaters, and then like I was driving down Vine a couple weeks ago, and I just saw. So, I was just overwhelmed. I didn't know, and and then I just freeze. And I'm a movie lover that goes to Arc like like two or three times a week to see movies. Right. But I haven't seen any of the Netflix movies because there's like 30 released at one time, and I don't know. I, I, there's a weird part of me that thinks like is Netflix trying to destroy the theatrical uh, model like right. from within probably and it scares me because I'm a movie going I, I'm sorry you my like kids love movies. The movies they love going to the movies yeah. I think going to the movies is a cultural important cultural experience when I went to see Get Out this year with huge crowds just, right. I, just I just saw Krasinski's movie just audiences gripped to this to just to their you know wrapped you know watching the screen in a big group of people just quiet yeah I love it I, I do too. No, but I also think that like the opportunity. I touched my nose when I did that. You guys, it's oh. some space work that the audience didn't oh. get to see. It's a but, like, very funny. Impression. There's a lot of mo- there are a lot of movies getting made, which is also exactly good. A good thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, I want to be employed by Netflix and I want to make a movie with them. So right, that's the last you'll hear of my complaint. Right, and you were in. <laughs> I mean, you were in Little Evil, which was with yeah. Adam, right? Right, and. Uh, who friend of the show Adam Scott? Sure, and he 
Uh, and that movie was Netflix, and that didn't... it was Netflix, and they treated us great. I mean, it, it's a it's a totally different model too. Where listen, in an ideal world, it's funny the history of movies and the movie business. Oh, oh take notes, everybody. Professor Bornheimer is just it's all these stories of people being freaked out, the industry being freaked out by a new model coming and thinking that it's going to destroy movies so right. i'm i'm another in the long list of people that are like oh my god is this going to destroy movies i'm worried i was watching something recently that i didn't know was a, a concern oh that um this is kind of the opposite i guess but i was watching a busby berkeley comedy i just got filmstruck have you do you know what filmstruck is no so this is another thing oh is it the the, the film festival that's going on right now it, well it might have started that way but now it's an app and a and a and a Roku, it's oh. like Roku, or it's an app for classic movies. Okay. So it's it's Netflix, but for classic movies and hard right. to That's find fun. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then they have like a partnership with Criterion Collections. So they, and, um, but there was one of these Busby Berkeley movies, I think it's Footlight Parade, is about when, when talkies came in, theaters were like plays, like Broadway was really freaked out. And right. People were going to stop going to plays right, because right. they could see musicals in the theater. Right. And then see their stars up close. And exactly. Like so, and, and usually it's the other way around. Like I was saying, like movies are always like talkies come in movie, uh, the silent era, they thought that was going to destroy movies. And then right. TV comes in and the movies are like, Oh, people are just going to stay at home. And then, you know, then color comes in and everything. And then when, when HBO started in the early eighties, I remember people were like, Oh man, people are just, they're not going to leave. They're not, they're not going to leave their house. They're going to yeah. watch movies at home now. And, and it didn't really, but it's, and then DVDs, same thing. And now people like me all freaked out that streaming services are, if, if they don't honor the theatrical model a, a little more that it's going to destroy it. But um, they, hopefully I'm wrong. They've, well, maybe I don't know uh, if they do wide releases, but they'll do small releases of Netflix stuff around award season. They will, and I'll take it. And and, and well, like the Alex Garland yeah. movie that sh- that is a Netflix film, and that sh- which it, one? The Alex Garland movie, the um, the one with uh, um, Natalie Portman. Oh, Annihilation. Annihilation. That was yeah. a big. Yeah, no, I, they will. That was and, a Netflix movie. Enough, yeah, but it hasn't come out yet on Netflix. You know, it's on Netflix in Europe, I think, but not yet. And yeah. the the the, 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 uh, the era we're in now is the listen. I mean, the, the big movies like the Marvel movies and, and Black Panther and Wonder Woman um, will drive people to the theater. And Star Wars, right? You know, and you know, they those all made it. People are still going to the theater for those experiences. I love that there's that. What's it called? It's called, is it called Quiet Place. Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> and the sequel just to be called Shh. Um, but um, I really liked that movie, and I had so many problems with it, but I enjoyed it so much. I, me too. It didn't yeah. matter because it was just so well done in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Commitment. Yeah. What was your problem? The nail in the no. Uh, <laughs> I just God, fuck. I was like a couple of weeks ago, so now I can't remember all my my broad, harsh critiques. Right. <laughs> um, I don't feel like John Krasinski had to die. Oh no! Oh, wait, can we do spoilers here? Mm, well, not. It's three weeks. Too now. late. <laughs> too late. Too late. Sorry about that. You don't um, edit these. No, you kidding? I have oh, to no, listen to myself. Live. Yeah, and we're going. Oh, out I live. do it because I have to listen to myself. My brother and I and, and Kruger. Yeah, we did movie court. Yeah, and I edited. We edited the hell out of that thing because yes. I was like, "I'm boring there. I don't like my voice there." Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you re-record them? Like, we, oh we, yeah, that was very well done. Someone yeah. else's yeah. voice. It's yeah. just like it's it's a heavy. <laughs> Can we get Krasinski yeah. in here? <laughs> uh, Why are you British and real deep voiced all of a sudden? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Um, also like that Emily Blunt screams in a British accent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was having the baby. It just was like, yeah. bitch, you're British. Why are you trying to lie? <laughs> Maybe it's just British voices that are hunted. Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't seen it yet. No, I don't. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, no, you should okay. go see it, though, right. for sure. Because I actually, I really don't remember all of my bigger uh, problems with it. Now I only remember Why it Why didn't you say that as soon as we started talking about it? You let this go on I, so long. I, I thought you would have the decency to... I, I didn't know. I, I, I was I honestly, I, I surprised I myself. I surprised myself. I honestly don't that. care. Some people are really touchy about that. Eh, whatever. Well, it tweet turns at me into and a loud place. Yeah. That's all I'll say. That would be... At Cass Cardenas. Yep. Uh, Come at your me, rage fuckers. There. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm sorry. You probably I'm didn't sorry. vote American Idol. Blech. I'm not over it. No, so you're it's clearly fine. not. Yeah. America's but, not ready. So you, why were you watching Busby Berkeley movies? Because I, Filmstruck is now like a toy because I just got it. It's like okay. $6.99 a month mm-hmm. and I'm on a free trial, so I might just stop it. Just, right. Just, <laughs> I don't know if I want But um, So uh, describe what Busby, Busby so, Berkeley so movies. So y- if you're... If you're so, this would be the 30s mainly when when Busby Berkeley worked, and he was sometimes credited as the film director and often just credited as the choreographer, choreographer. of musical numbers. Right. To boy, and I got to work on my articulation skills here. If you're imagining a a camera angle from way above, like, and dancers, sometimes swimmers, in these coordinated movements below, like, that was a, such a panicked thing. <laughs> um, like a, a below, like you, but you're smarter, Marty. You describe it. Oh yeah. Well, no, I think you it's like musical right. numbers, and 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 in the 30s too, like pre Hayes Code, like so pre like prudish Hollywood, mm-hmm. often. So they'd be sort of just like. Bareback and sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like be in formation, yeah. though. In formation. Yeah. Actually, that would be now the Busby Berkeley of today. Yeah. So it was, it was these very specific and unique type of musical numbers done for film specifically because they're very cinematic. Um, and Berkeley became known for doing you know, a dozen of these in the 30s, 20s, 30s, and 40s. Yeah. And um, I mean, very theatrical, though. As very well. theatrical. Yeah. Very th- both. That's a good point. Like, kind of a great combination of theatric theatricality and the and the sort of honoring the proscenium, but also tearing the proscenium away and right. very cinematic. And the getting camera, angles that you can't they'd get. They'd either be way above, or the camera yeah. would swoop between dancers' legs yeah. in, in these formations, yeah. or or. And you, it's yeah. influenced. You know, you see it in the Big Lebowski. They they sort of yeah. Big it. Lebowski has an like in the bowling right. fantasy, right? Right. Has right. a has has that and they're really even if you don't like musicals they're fun little art pieces i mean if you just youtube a busby berkeley number right now from broadway melody or gold diggers of 1933 they're just fun to i i love musicals and that that's why i was disappointed that the shape of water there that musical scene that they did Mm -hmm. that i wish it had been a little bit more committed you know you know i feel that yeah i have have some complicated feelings about that movie oh yeah it Um, was well save it for court yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I just thought it could have been. It wasn't that as interesting as it as it. I love Guillermo del Toro sure. as an ambassador for film. I love him as a filmmaker. I'll mm-hmm. always see his movies. Yep. Um, I I love hearing him talk. I think he's important for movies, but I've only really loved one of his movies. I I, 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 I I'm not as and I don't mind that people love. I'm glad that it's like I love. Uh, P.T. Anderson and Robert Altman, I'm sure people don't. Like, people love Guillermo del Toro, and I love that they do. I just, me personally, have never connected strongly with his movies. And I thought this latest one was beautiful to look at and had a lot of wonderful things. It was yeah. a great conversation with cinema, and I loved a lot of it. I did not mind spending time with it, but it was also just E.T. and How to Train Your Dragon. Right. And without as many with unique really, touches as I thought right. might and, have. But very 
committed uh, production design. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which is fine. I mean, yeah. movies can do so many. It, it's like, um, I always think that's when people, when I like a movie and people complain a lot about it, I'm like, well, there's like three or four scenes I love. And that's all I need. Like, if I listen to an album back when album, you know, when albums were made and albums were important. Can we explain to people what albums are? So albums were mm. um, of boy, I'm gonna need you again, Marty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you go overhead. Well, here's another thing about kids, though. My kids loving to go to the theater. They also love records. So I take them to uh, Amoeba, that's... and we get records, and they love going home. So th- th- there's all these myths that I think need to shatter about like analog and like what kids like and don't like. They they like going to the movies. They mm-hmm. like seeing it on the big screen. Um, they love records and stuff. They right. love, you know, um, and they like the slow parts of movies. Like That's... one of my favorite movies scenes as a kid was like the love scenes in Superman. Like people always think kids just want to see the action or whatever, but it, I, I was not like that. Yeah. I love like when Marianne and Indiana would have their slow moments in, in yeah. Raiders. And E.T. has some very slow oh, moments too. It's an emo. It, it's all emotion that movie. Yeah. And your your kids are, are are not just like where are the fights? Ah! No, I mean they love that stuff, and yeah. they and and during certain moods, they're you know if, if sometimes when I put something on, they're not in the mood for it. They're not like I'm not saying that they're some cineasts all all of a sudden, right. but they watched the piano with me the other day for you know I, they watched all of Cinema Paradiso with subtitles, and not, uh-huh. they watched all of 2001, and but they also they watch you know Richie Rich on Netflix. Like they're not like yeah. some snobs or something, but they I think kids do have a certain they're 23 and 27. Is that correct? What's their t- <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, That's that's very cool. Like, no. So just so people know, have some context. I know you through Kruger. Mm-hmm. And Kruger couldn't be here because he's pitching today. Nice. Good, good luck, Kruger. Good, good luck, Kruger. And how do you guys know each other? Well, um, a few different ways but many people might know us <laughs> and when i say many i mean maybe 150 from the early 2000s but still that's, that might have gone to club lingerie yeah uh, we were two fifths of soft supply which was the what marty did you ever go to a soft supply no show? i never went to this do you know about soft, I do supply? Know about soft supply <laughs> um so soft supply was an, an uh 80s soft rock cover band in the early 2000s we were la weekly's cover band of the year i don't know what we were we were some la weekly sick and that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is new I, things that i did not know oh no, it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing and kruger was at first a very reluctant participant and then that's, the hero of the band really yeah <laughs> why was he reluctant like well well you know how kruger yes. is uh, kruger and i had a famous um sort of uh, rocky beginning to our relationship because i'm this midwestern you know sort of like aw shucks idiot and Kruger is this smart East Coast elite. Yeah, he's a he's a East Coast elite. <laughs> and I didn't know how to take his dryness or uh, and I thought he was like making fun of me or or like um uh, you know, he was just too he was just way more advanced than I was in every way and I thought it, I, and so I was like, "Man, do you have a problem with me?" Yeah, we had one of those and then he's like, "No." <laughs> and we became best friends and um and he's and and uh you but he was all, he was already a friend of my wife's at the time. So there, when I met oh, my wife, he was part of that there. circle. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. And Tamron. Right, right. Uh, Lance Mountain, as she's known on the show. What? Lance Mountain is oh, how okay. she's known on the show. <laughs> so and what? So you were the singer. You were the front man, mm-hmm. right? And then he was a guitarist. Yeah. And and are you guys getting back together? There, I don't think there will be. I think you know we we all uh, we jam we jam together. Okay, just jamming. Uh, at once a year, the five of us will get together and um, alone, 
but I don't think I, I, I'm a big fan of sort of quitting while you're ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your what was the showstopper that like you were like, oh, we're, we're well, we would do. So it was all 80s. It was inspired by me driving around L.A. in my Tercel, um singing to uh, along with 103.5 uh, Love the, Songs on the Coast, which the is, coast, a, which coast, is our yeah. soft rock cover, uh, our soft rock station out here in. Right. In Los LA. Angeles, yeah. And in the late 80, late 90s, early 2000, there was an 80s revival kind of going around. The 80s were getting kind of popular again. Right. Um, soft rock was all about 80s. Peter Cetera, Air Supply. It started just as a purely Air Supply songs. <laughs> but oh, then oh, we opened it nice. up to Ario Speedwagon and Peter Cetera. And um, our shows, we, we would do, like, She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack mm-hmm. was a big, unexpected, people no one did dirty no one did she's like the wind that is awesome um so that was a showstopper we would do um all our air supply songs pretty went over pretty well um (laughs) lady in red (laughs) that is fantastic and we you know we were all we had a whole routine behind it and we played it like big garage band you know stuff it was fun that's good and and then the then the t-mobile came knocking Dang. Yeah. <laughs> sad. That's, yeah, it's so sad. And and then what was Tamara the Yoko Ono of the band? No, that was before Tamara. That was before. Well, Tamara was was a friend of the band, but right. they were, they were not romantically involved yet. Yeah. They I were see. respecting Soft Supply at the time. Uh So, okay, we are It's at, the top of the hour uh, and you're listening to the Nooner podcast on the Smodco Radio Network. Oh, yeah. See how I'm introducing Instagram to this? No, it's great. It's awesome. We're coming for you, youthful generation. Yeah. Okay, now I don't want to hear this over and over again, though. Holy shit. Oh, it's just going to loop you. Well, you know, I made an Instagram story. Right. I'm trying to, like, Uh, I'm trying to do this. Uh, You know, I have a beginning and a middle, but the climax isn't really coming together right now. (laughs) Do you ever listen to Doug Loves Movies? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. So Doug Benson, Doug yeah. Benson, and he has a little. Have you ever been on it? No, I, oh. I, and and, and so you, you would be good on that. Um, I feel like I've sent out smoke signals out there, yeah. Maybe, so to yeah. let him know I mean, that I'd be interested. Talk, your publicist is here, right in the corner. You should just talk to <laughs> ask her to set you up with that. Um, but uh, he does a thing where they name. It's called uh, something in. I forget what it's called, but the the idea is that you have to name an actor's top four things that, you know, like on IMDb, they post four of known four credits. Yes, because we're in control of that now. Oh, that matters. Oh, we are? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have four, but you you have uh, four credits on here that you are known for. Oh, oh, I see. Like IMDb has a designation that this guy's known for. Right. And uh, I, I don't know what the algorithm is. You can go in and fix it yourself. Obviously, your useless publicist oh, hasn't you're done saying it. you can actually do it yourself. Yeah, but that's yeah. because I'm not can in I a position. Can I'm known for the Godfather, true romance? And... Oh, no, no. It has no, no, to be no, things that you're actually in. <laughs> stuff you're actually in. Not, not stuff you like or wish you would in or, or act with... <laughs> <laughs> Act in front of the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Known yeah. for his living room performance right. in 1989. Yeah. Uh, my brother can... had a had a. My brother and I put on a lot of little Christmas, really bad Christmas shows for the family. Aww. 
And he, had, my brother had a famous one that he claims James Cameron ripped off. Like my brother claims that I he had the that. idea to do an epic Titanic movie before Cameron. <laughs> and he had this one where he was, it was, and I don't even think I was in this one. I, I was deemed um, just not even talented enough to be in Ryan's production of Titanic. But it was just him kind of running from side to side in the living room as if the to- as if the ship was, was <laughs> listing back and listing. forth, <laughs> <laughs> going no, <laughs> no. <laughs> And I think at one point he like went off camp, off stage and got a glass of water and splashed it on himself to get wet. And clearly Cameron saw that. <laughs> yeah, somehow. and Cameron saw like this kid's got a great idea. He um so I you know I would have been known for the 1989 Titanic. But, right. Mm. Uh, so what do you think the four that thing, I'm known for that, that IMDb's algorithm has um, yes picked for you? Um, it's funny too because I have different people that come <clears> up to me. Yeah, way different demographics. Um, yeah. and it'll often be, um. She's out of my league. That's one. Very good. Um, uh, you're great in that, by the way. People, uh, you know who loves that movie? is Giselle. Giselle. Does she? Oh, no, she loves that movie. That's cute. Yeah. That was a fun movie. Um, and maybe my, one of my first. Um, are, are they all movies? Uh, yes, they are all movies. Boy, I mean, I haven't done that many movies. Um, Bachelorette? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, why do people usually not get this? I I don't know uh, Bachelorette that well. I've seen that movie and I was trying to remember who you were. I play the kind of nerdy guy that Isla Fisher and the, I end up hooking up with Isla, Isla Fisher's character and I end up hooking up. So there's nice. like tight. Like the, I'm like friend number 4. That okay. seems cool, like cool, a cool. very fun cast. <clears throat> that was fun. Lizzie's very funny and Oh god, I'm in love with her. And Rebel Wilson's very funny. Yeah, that was great. That's Cool. Okay, two more. Blades of Glory. Nope. Um. I uh. I don't. I don't. I, I, it wouldn't be Little Evil. Uh, that's too no. soon. Too recent. No, it could. It could be something recent. But all movies. Um, the Big Wedding. Okay. And that's like that weird white person ensemble movie, right? Right. Right. Okay. That was the original title. <laughs> yeah. Untitled white person. Yeah. Is that the one with movie? Catherine Heigl? Um, is she yes. in that one? Oh, yeah. yeah, I play her husband, and at the end, I pop in. Wait, you, you, like you play her husband? She, like I'm talked about the whole time. That's why she's. I think she's run away from me. We're having problems in our marriage. Her whole storyline is that weekend she's talking about how she might that we're, our marriage isn't working, and I've done something rotten. And then I come back and I play ask the for her forgiveness, and yeah, I have, I have big bangs. Oh, in, cool. in that, in that, and then uh, Camp X-ray. I can't imagine I'm known for Camp X, right? Well, you're Night Shift CO. <laughs> that, that is what they... That I don't is, even know if I made the cut in that movie. That is what their algorithm picked you for. That is crazy. <clears throat> um, that was the, the military movie about, mm. about Gitmo, right? Um, wow. So does that, does that shock you? That that one is on there? Yeah. 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 Both those last two, I'm not, I mean, I'm not in very much. Yeah. I mean, I've never... No one's ever come up to me and say, hey, big fan of your work in Camp X-Ray. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm in it. I think I shot it, but I'm not sure. I okay, think. everybody, if you run into Kyle on the street, say. This is your chance. Yes. But don't, you do that sometimes if you see someone and you want to you want to bring up their, their most obscure th- credit. I do that sometimes. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm talking to someone, I want them to really know that I've done a deep dive into their yeah. uh, library. Yeah, if I, if I, I saw Demi Moore, I'd be like, oh, I love doing Parasite. Right. You know? That was you're so good. <laughs> I saw it in 3D. I actually did see that in Parasite? 3D. Parasite. Is that one of our early... Early horror, horror movies, yeah. And it was a, one of those really bad polarized glasses 3D oh, right, thing right, with yeah. like, you know, 
pipes coming out of the screen and out Jaws of someone's chest. Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, exactly. Or no, was it Jaws, Jaws 3D. 3, no, Jaws 3 3D, Jaws yeah. 4 The Revenge. Jaws right. 4 was not 3D. No, was that was just 4D. Michael Caine yeah. just acting in four dimensions. <laughs> um, okay, so we Ken do a thing. in love. Fuck, which season in love were you? That, this pre, um, uh, it would have been just on. So season three. I was the he comes home to see the family and I'm his douchey brother. I play a Ken! lot. Of, I play either the nicest Ken! guy in the world or the yeah. That's why I know your fucking face so much right now. Which which I mean, one is this? Um, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I literally just binged the shit out of this show. Um, sorry, because you said who was coming and I and I looked up your IMDb. I was like, oh yeah, this guy's in fucking everything. What did he do recently? That I saw because I thought I was recognizing you super hard from that NBC show that you did, Couples or something. Perfect, well, perfect couples. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, which I don't. That wasn't on for very long. No, but I watched show, it. All my shows go about ten episodes and are canceled. Some yeah. go three. Some went two. One, yeah. one went two episodes. Tight. Well, I watched Perfect Couples, yeah, nice. but I was like, "There's no way. It had to be something sooner." Cool. All right. Thank Wait, you. What was the show? Huh? What was the show? Love was what I watched oh, no, him recently. On Netflix, who's right, treated right. me very well, and, and I've been and disparaging been, here. No, nonsense, nonsense. Yeah, the last season of Love was, uh, it was, it was pretty good. I didn't, okay. I didn't hate it. Right. Um, and, anyways, and you, and, and, I feel like I can breathe now, because it really, I was like, stay off of his fucking IMDb, stay present, find out what it is, and like, just think about it later. But then I, <laughs> but you were already on his IMDb. I was like, I gotta find this and out. In three weeks. your process. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to be like, just be be chill be chill be respectful (laughs) like you can figure out what he (laughs) did recently that you liked later but now I know Uh, in three weeks you'll be back on Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes that's great that's a a hilarious show I'm not I'm I can't spoil but when I was driving here we did shoot a what, scene. What, what's stopping you from spoiling it? Like, already, yeah. guys are already spoiled. Because you needed to stop us. Yeah, okay, sorry. sorry. Haven't we all perfected this weird thing where like you're in a group of people and you're like, I haven't seen it yet. And you, oh. you let people, or maybe I'm just but the see, weird I, person that's Yeah, like, I don't care. No, like, someone <laughs> brought up Infinity War yesterday and like five people were like, no. Yeah. No, so no. it just, you like, know. Movies, you should have like a month and a show a month. Okay. And then. Yeah. Fair, then fair like, game. Catch up or. So. Okay. But anyhow, you weren't going to spoil Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but now you are. No, we f- we we filmed at that nightclub that's like right off the ten downtown. It's that building. That's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That big like ass called building. Vertigo. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and which is the most bizarre place. I've always been wondering. I've always wondered what, who goes this place. What is this place? It's Kyle this Bornheimer old goes. building. And now you know. A, you go. No, I said oh. now you know. No, you, yeah. yeah, and no. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, I'm so glad I get to film here. There's a there's there's a sign always that says like. Meet me at Vertigo. That's their like tagline. Yeah, as if that's something that Ellen, like Angelino, say to each other all the time. Like that's the I'm time. always saying that. Yeah. Meet me at Vertigo. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Me Mav. Me Mav. Yeah. Hashtag Me Mav. Yeah. So, okay. So you you film there. So you just spoiled yeah. It. So that'll be July, uh, May twenty, May twentieth. Yeah. yeah. And that'll be a funny one. I love that show. Spoiler alert, they film in LA. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn it. It's fucking taking All right, hold on just a second. Here we go. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. Uh, not sure says hello. That, there. Hello. Hi, oh, not good. sure. Pretty controversial question. Yeah. That's it? And then, no, no. I'm not touching that one. Jonah 
writes in and says, uh, Morning, Murps. I wanted to send a quick comment re- regarding Cassandra's brazenly disparaging remarks about Esperanto. We have the, oh like, my the, God. the language. Oh, guys. Yes, we have a listener who's, who's studying it right now. Okay. Who said this? Jonah? Jonah. Don't. <sighs> let's hear what he has to say. Fine. I will concede. I'm already on the defense. <laughs> that it's a bit wait, of a... Wait, wait, what were the comments, first of all? No comments. It's just that these... Angels who listen to our podcast were tagging me in all their fucking Esperanto back and forth on Twitter. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my hell. They were speaking it on Twitter. They were talking it to each other, but tagging us in it. I thought it was hilarious. Did you do you understand Esperanto? No, I just ignored him. But I thought it. I can't ignore. I have. Did it seem like they were cussing in Esperanto? I I don't know. Sure. It's one of them called me a cunt. I did Google it, but they no. I. (laughs) I I just like I have like a problem where if I have like a notification on my phone, I have to look at it immediately. I can't have like the little ones on my phone or the twos or the threes or anything. So I had to keep checking Twitter and it was just for that. Yeah. Just the Esperanto. And so it was just. There should be a setting that allows you to ignore that so that y- you, you can check it at some point in the day all your, without, without it popping up. like. Oh, and I did it. that. Right, right. Have them all come in at once. Well, like, I did yeah. that with Facebook before I just deleted it. Mm-hmm. And that was after the election. I was like, these yeah, numbers got to yeah. go. But and then I just got rid of Facebook. Maybe I'll do it on Twitter, but then I'll never check it. I won't check it until every Tuesday when I come. Well, here. what if it pops up at once with a big one, like at three o'clock every day is is when if I'm busy at three o'clock and I see at, that, yeah. I'm gonna freak out. Right. I'm like, Fuck, I have to worse. cancel my plans. At uh, three o'clock, shit, guys, it's coming. No, no, it's just like something that I just do every time that I look at my phone and have to pee or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jonah concedes. He says, I will concede that it's a bit of a silly pursuit, but Esperanto has actually led to a number of partnerships resulting in native Esperanto-speaking children. Oh, oh those poor children. <laughs> and uh, there have been a few studies which show that Esperanto has excellent propedeutic value as a tool for helping people who go on t- to study other languages. Define that word for me. It just means as a starting point for learning. Pro, um, pro, propu? Propedeutic? From what? From, from, from pupa? From I don't know the etymology of it, but... Um, um, Is but it Latin or like what? Propedeutic. 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 Yeah, it, Is it it, from it's, an, it's sort of an introductory study of something. So teach babies Esperanto, and then they'll learn. And they'll they and can, then they'll, they can feed the world. That's an, yeah. that's a yeah. saying. That's yeah. an and old, then they that's will learn saw. particle physics. Yeah, no, just naturally. Te- teach the world to give the world corn. And, and they won't do much with it, but if you teach them Esperanza, they can build a farm. Is the is mm-hmm. the yes, is the old yes, saying? Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that that is the old yeah. saw. Yeah, um, I'm telling I, you, it just sounds like the Bitcoin of languages. Jonah, Have fun, guys. Jonah is from Shelbyville, Indiana. Ah, oh, that wait, Jesse? Jonah, <laughs> Jonah. Oh, for the Esperanto. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. How far away? The seventies is when Esperanto was, was, was yeah, was yeah, created, was right? That... And it was created uh, in a in a like a harmonizing sort of est. Like we all should be in this together. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then they made, did that one movie with William Shatner that was all in Esperanto. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. That's yeah. amazing. And yeah. I'm gonna be looking it up on a film strike tonight. <laughs> 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 uh, so Jonah has a question about improv. I've been to a few improv shows and always had a good time, but I don't know. Much much about it besides yes and and marty's no and style <laughs> i saw kruger calling you in the way yes uh, what attracted you to improv and what are good qualities of for individuals interested in improv oh boy uh where, where do you do improv at uh i've studied at ucb indian groundlings nice. but did, did you do either of those no. no i took like level one classes but i'm too in awe of people that do it to, yeah 
pursue it. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's what attracted me to it. Uh, attention. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a great place to get it. Um, and also as someone who leans that f- funny direction, um, I think I prefer it over stand up because the people are nicer um, mm. that you're doing it with. It is a okay, great a f- subculture of, yeah. like, of to and you re- have to, you're, you're literally there to support. You have to. Yeah. Right, if right. you don't support, then you're an asshole um, and you're not helping anyone. And it usually hurts you too. So, What's the question? Uh, I what 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 are the qualities that make a good improver? Being supportive, being friendly, being easy to work with, getting out of your head. Um listening. Talk about that. Listening, getting, getting out, out of your, your head. head. What what how, just <laughs> by putting it on the other person or Yeah, or just um like because something that you can really hurt yourself in an improv scene is uh trying to come up with it before it's even started. Mm-hmm. And uh, if someone else like has like a little idea and you don't abandon yours quickly, then you're just in this like dark cloud. You're fighting of, each yeah, other. Yeah, you're fighting each other. Um, but they teach you that. Um, I, mean, I think that as kids, you if you watch, well, you obviously watch kids play pretend. They mm-hmm. go with each other and then they just like, they join in and they don't think about it. And then they just goes into silliness. And then at a certain point, you're like, oh, I don't want to be stupid. And then you start questioning your impulses. And you're like, oh, I, I, I don't think that would be proper. And, and I think the best improv yeah. is when you shed that propriety off and then just go with your instincts at the same time listening to the other people. Instincts, listening, making choices. I mean, that's very actory. Yeah. I feel. But, but like, but like you know, do you adding... making strong, make strong choices and get off of yourself. But isn't, but what I have seen from improv and I'm, I'm dazzled by improv. Like I, it, I did Jessica St. Clair's uh, show, <clears throat> Womp It Up. And oh, she fun. was like, do you want to do this? I'm like, I'm, I am not trained in improv. I'm totally intimidated by it. And she's like, well, that's okay. We'll carry you. And they did. Like, mm-hmm. I came in with, like, a sketch of a little character, like, and I was terrified for an hour and a half doing <laughs> this. But her and Lennon just carried me through it. And she's so the technique, funny. it really is, like, the technique, mm-hmm. uh, you know, does that. That's what's even more impressive about it. Is the, It's the commitment to the technique that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just committing and, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes it just gets bonkers. And it's just, like, have fun and... I don't know, justify crazy things and just go. It's, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain because um, I've been doing Groundlings more, which is more character-based. Right. And yeah, it, it is much uh, more character-based. But So I now think, I'm like thinking about like perspectives and all kinds of things that you would come into an improv scene already having. Um, yeah, which but, is, I mean, I think that that can be really good uh, for a writer, you know, having... Having good characters is a great basis for a writer. Yeah. And, and when you get into level three in Groundlings, you you start really getting into writing the writing part of it. And that's a really fun thing. But in terms of pure improv, I think that UCB is a much better it's uh, Yeah, it's all improv. It's it's the most fun thing, though. Yeah. I mean, anyone who's interested in it should do it just because it's a blast. And it's something that, like, even if you're, like, a doctor or an accountant or something you can like look forward to it every week because right. it's it, just like freedom and being silly and being crazy and like not feeling self-conscious. It's, it's a it is, it a, is cult. a cult. It, yeah. Actually, big it, time. Especially groundlings. That's is, true. Is, 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 I don't want to get into wild, wild country, but 
my first the first half hour of that documentary, I was like, I'm into this. This is awesome. Stream therapy, love it. Like I <laughs> then felt it gets weird. that way. I was like, I was watching and I was like, are they trying to fucking talk me into this? Yeah, shit? yeah. Like, yeah. This because this like that looks sounds awesome. Yeah. Like what they're just like I mean, orange isn't really in my color palette, but I'm so into that. I like having to pick out any other clothes. Yeah. They're just fucking each other and screaming and doing yoga. Like that's Fine. That is awesome. Right? I have mints in my mouth. If that's going to mess up the mic for the next couple, no, of it just makes. I just it, was it, worried about my coffee breath. It freshens mm. up the mic. Um, so, yeah, I think that the other thing about knowing basic improv is that it's just it's something that you can use in your basic conversation. Oh, yeah. Just listening oh, yeah. and being less judgy of yourself. Taking because, a level one improv class usually makes you better in social situations, like yeah. for like conversation and anything because it just it teaches you to kind of like think they do like uh, a to c in uh, yeah that's yeah that's another thing ucb where it's you know you you're the improvisers get a suggestion and then they take that suggestion and they a to c it so if your suggestion is orange oranges make me think of florida which makes me think of uh ted cruz Sure, Ted Cruz. Oh, I mean, not Ted Cruz. Uh, uh, Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio. So then, well, but it made you think of Ted Cruz. Exactly. You're too much in your head. It made you think of Ted Cruz. Fine. So then, Ted Cruz is what you're doing to inspire your scene. Right. Although I don't know. Wait, does C have to be a person? No, it doesn't. No, no, no. Uh, C becomes the scene. It's just C becomes the scene. So it's like oranges. So if it was me, oranges make me think of Florida, which makes me think of the time that I went to Disney World uh, with my mom at a nursing conference once. So my scene, I would probably open in a nursing conference. Okay, great. Right. So when you see people like, where did they come up with that idea? It's because they A A to C did. It's a technique. A to D did. Yeah. It's it's trusting to me watching it. My limited experience taking the classes and and with working with a lot of improv actors from that like i can improv on camera which is a completely different yeah. technique i can riff on a scene and they, right if, if they were like can we do one where we just riff i can do that pretty well right because all the parameters are set for it's you there, and, and yeah. i'm like funny like I, i'm clever well, enough to keep yeah, yeah. exactly i put funny in quotes um i'm i'm i i can keep it going for the most part other times sometimes it sucks and i'm like okay, okay i think we've, we've spent you know but <laughs> improv on stage is but that's just riffing and hoping there's enough structure it, there to like right. inspire something. It's On much, stage, you're is, playing without a net. It, it, it is, and I think if people even knew more about that, they'd be even more impressed. Like, yeah, like, that's helpful. why I'm dazzled by because I like, know what these when people. When you are watch doing. the yeah. best improv, it's like one of the yeah. most sublime things. It is, yeah. but that is like ten percent of improv. Yeah, right? man. Sometimes going <laughs> to improv like, shows are rough. Yeah, but so. yeah, once you find people that you really mesh with too, like there's some people who have been doing improv with for like seven or eight years and like I love to improvise with them because we just understand how each other's brains work and can go sometimes completely into crazy things and we're you know if they're we're on all on the same level and it makes sense and everyone else is on board but that's why it's super impressive to watch really experienced people improvise with people that they've never improvised before Hmm. or people who are less experienced because yeah, like watching watching super experienced people carry other people, yeah. that's crazy. And it's awesome. And it's a high for the person being carried, I yeah. can say, because <laughs> I've been carried. <laughs> and just so you everybody understands, we always talk about the yes and thing, but I, just so we're all clear, yes anding means that if somebody comes into a scene with an idea saying, like, um, I, how do you like my new cat? And then, uh, then the other person says... What? Yeah, it's really, it's super cute. That's yes, and then anding is... Why, why did you say cute? Like, you didn't... 
See, and that that's, very Mi- that's very Meisner of you. To, like, yeah. You're reading my behavior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you so, not think his cat is cute? So she's a furry. No, no, no. It's, it's what's behind right. the word. And she doesn't think your cat's cute, Marty. Yeah. It's, and then this that, is the thing. He, I'm just worried about Marty because he's very insecure about his pet's looks. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's not, it's like he thinks like that's a really ugly cat. It's a cute dog, but an ugly cat. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have a dog on my lap. But, but so she affirmed that I had a cat and then she added the and was and it's cute it was yeah and then how was my how was my third uh, how good. was my c was it okay <laughs> but if if you if you came in i'm really and worried said, that you're not gonna think I'm that's not a cat <laughs> that's a sandwich that is a denial right and yes. then and then the scene shuts down that's and then, what marty does to kruger that's what i do to kruger yeah. yes yeah but everyone should do that if you see kruger always yes. no and kruger yes yeah. and <laughs> and also mentioned how much you liked him in uh what x-ray uh oh, project yeah, x-ray, X-ray. Yeah, because he will be like, <laughs> X-ray, what? Camp, X-ray people. Yeah, camp X-rays. Um, so I hope that answers your question, Jonah. That I mean, improv is really fun. I think I think it's it's great. a fucking blast. Yeah, and it makes you a better person. Yeah, until you get in really deep levels, and then it makes you. And a then weird it gets person. really political. So don't go too deep, like anything. Yeah. Yeah. that's when it becomes a cult. Auditioning yeah. for teams and stuff like that. Then it gets really. Ooh, I am yeah. free of that. Yes, I had to get out. Lou emailed in and said, Hey Merp, so I'm sitting in a team building retreat. Ugh. Taking Speaking a Myers-Briggs <laughs> type personality <laughs> test. Uh, it turns out uh, Myers-Briggs type personality test. Have you done Myers-Briggs before? It's like one of these inventories based on Jungian whatever. Uh, it turns out I am an INTJ. It's the rarest personality type, which explains why so many, so many other people mystify me. Haha. <laughs> Got me thinking... Have you ever taken any of these personality tests? What types are you? Are you all big old introverts? Uh, hope you're all well. Hope you are are all well. I am listening. I miss listening live. Hugs all around. Sorry, I got caught in my head there. It was a nice email. Did you do yeah. it? So INTJ is, just so everyone knows, the, the these initials, they stand for, uh, each stand for something. Um, the INTJ is 0.8% of the population. Point eight. Point eight, and oh, I'm sorry. The women are point eight of the population. Um, otherwise, it's just two percent of the population, and they're known as the architect. Did you take the test? What? What are you? I am an ENFP, That's... extrovert, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Okay, I'm Gryffindor. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, and also this is also known as Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, extrovert, yeah. Intuitive feeling perceiving. Yeah. Okay. I have a slight preference of feeling over thinking, which offended me. Um no, that I makes read sense. that. And but then, that's okay. These these questions were confusing as fuck. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 very you're like, yeah, they're they're very vague. And, yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, I uh, fuck I it's like the Scientology test that's like, Do you sometimes feel sad? Yeah. You should join. Right. Yeah. They all have <laughs> yeah. a, they all have the same solution. Yeah, yeah. But they're all vague. It was but, vague and if I was better at creating content, I would have remembered the ones that confused me, but instead I just lied in bed and <laughs> took the test and <laughs> did not know that research. But some of them I felt like I was like, oh, I don't know, sometimes. Did it describe you, do you think? Did you read the description of you? Uh, is Was there a big, bigger description? Yeah, if you, you just, just Google your initials. I am an INTP, which is Introvert Intuitive Thinking Perceiving. And this is uh, also somewhat rare, not quite as rare as INTJ, but fellow INTPs, I don't know how they know this, include Kristen Stewart and Einstein. 
I don't think either of those cool. people have taken this test. Well, also, is this one of the tests that it's all positive? Like, are there anyone that like I'm an asshole, dickwad? Like, no, they're all meaning. They, they show your their strengths and weaknesses. Right. So apparently, I'm enthusiastic, objective, honest, and straightforward, and uh, imaginative and original. But I'm also very private and withdrawn and insensitive, absent-minded, yeah, condescending. Sure. Fuck this test. And I loathe rules and guidelines. Okay. So that's sort of stuff. A, a, it yeah. feels like they're covering their bases. A I know. It, this it feels is, like a horoscope. I know. It like, really is. It's like, oh, yeah, that's so mean. There's the one actually Kruger talks about a lot. And, and, and Tamara. What's Tamara's nickname? Um, Lance, Lance Mountain. Mountain. Um, the, the, the four one, like you're either a, a follower, a leader, oh, yeah, a yeah, rebel, yeah. or a questioner. Yeah, yeah. That one I kind of like. Yeah. I am a... What was it? Follower, leader. It's it's follower, leader. I, mean, I don't know about those two. I know questioner and rebel are two of them, and maybe then I think the other two are something like follower. I'm a leader. questioner. Yeah, yeah. But that, like there I, was a whole book about that. I feel and, like I'm a somewhere between questioner and the other ones. I don't think I'm a rebel. I probably like to think so, but I I'm, I think I'm a little bit too much of a wimp um, to be a rebel. Yeah, but uh, th- yeah, I like that that book. Oh, an obliger. That's what I'm. I'm an obliger. Oh yeah. What are they? Uh, what are the options? Uh, they're this is this uh, journalist named Gretchen Rubin. She wrote a book about it. And uh, they, let's see, it's um, Upholder, Questioner, Rebel, or Obliger. And I'm an obliger, but. I would have no idea which one I was. Yeah, you have to read the, or just listen to her TED talk. You have or to. This, you have to. We'll wait. My personality test, ENFP, are both idea people and people people. So. I want to help and be liked and admired. All right. So cool. Strong, surprising values and viewpoints. I think that... Warm, kind. Yeah, I mean... I think sure. you can take... <laughs> if this had assigned any of these to me, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of me. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tested by their short attention spans and emotional needs. It's rude. What are you supposed to do, Lou, when, when you find that out? Are you supposed to all of a sudden, like, you know... I don't know, find a life partner based on that or or get you should a have different pe- job. Yeah, like, I mean, what's the question? Oh, she's just asking if we've done it before. They felt like those, you know, when, I don't know if you know this, but when you're taking like really long like tests before you apply to like jobs that you're like, why do I have to take this crazy personality test to even apply to this? That's what this felt like. Mm-hmm. Or it'll ask you questions of like on the scale of one to five, like, you know, when someone wrongs you, you... Do you or can you just let it go? What's like, the latest like technique? That's not the right word, but people are using. All right, so dating and 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 mating and marriage and 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 partnering up and throughout the course of history. Tinder and Bumble. Tinder and Bumble. I think those are the hot ones right now. And they were when I was single. It's now the the. That and when technology came and you could sort of see them and maybe learn a little bit about them before meeting them, is that going to evolve even more? Well, first of all, how did that go? Like, is is there a better success rate with that than with people just meeting um, before or with arranged marriages? Like, what's if we were to track the course of history on the, the techniques of trying to find the right partner? Would it be that like arranged marriage was just as successful as meeting someone randomly at a bar, which is just as successful as Facebooking the hell out of them before meeting them? What what do we think? Well, the global divorce rate, according to the Daily Cougar, um, mm. for uh, arranged marriages is six percent compared. Wait, that's the what? That's the divorce rate. 
of people that with have arranged marriages, arranged marriages right? Uh, compared to fifty five percent of the ones that. Um, but that's also because yeah. those are parts of cultures that also divorce. Yeah, you probably not, like, can't. Yeah, right, right. It's probably not exactly. allowed even. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using the arranged marriage thing almost as a symbolic see, sort of feeling of like, or, or that you just could like, be like, yeah. or like in the 1950s when you would just marry your neighbor. You'd marry your neighbor, or the families would sort of like, oh, these yeah. two pair up kind of well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's any test that could have ferreted out the craziness of my wife. So um, I don't <laughs> know if that that is useful. No, I'm. It's rude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just no. She's probably. Listening. I would say that. Uh, I when I last time I was single, I did the Tinder and Bumble, and I actually met my the Midge on Bumble, and that mm-hmm. was great. Um, and what was the experience on Bumble before actually seeing each other? Was it like just swiping? Knew, he, he liked or she? What, what? Bumble is like basically Sadie Hawkins dance right. of dating apps where you can swipe on each other, but the female of the situation needs to has the agency yeah they need to reach out first um tinder anybody it's uh, anybody can reach out to anybody which is but i'll say this i think i've been tindered and i'm not even on it like i think i i think i had a tinder date last night i didn't even know i was on the app there you go anyone can be tindered legally yeah you have to go if you sign up for facebook you're automatically yeah you have to go have sex i'm pretty sure that my my account still because i've had people text me like yo why are you still on Tinder? I'm like, right. I didn't know I was. Yeah. But until you really go in and like get yourself off, um, you're on it for life. But it was better. I did prefer that over um, meeting people in bars, even though I did think that I was better in person um, than I was in a group of photographs and a small description of myself. But uh, you know, when you're going out, you know, people's in, well, you don't know their intentions, but you know that you're, going out with someone with the intention of you're both attracted to each other and this is how this is going as opposed to when you're meeting someone in a bar you could be completely misreading signals yeah and it's like not the same and you could just be bothering someone on accident which i'm sure i've done so Uh, the showrunner on worst week do you remember who the show matt tarsus and yeah and we're Wait, what were Andrew and and um? Oh, Andrew and Ted. Ted, yeah, yeah. They were they were con- writers, like producers, writers on it, yeah. maybe consulting. Pro- yeah, so uh, one of those persons met uh, their wife at a sports bar. At a sport, yeah, yeah. Mm. That that's so like it doesn't matter. I don't yeah. think it matters. You could no, do it. Yeah. Gazillion yeah. ways, and, and and yeah, I'm just curious. What got me thinking was this idea that if we if we do become this Gattaca, if we do get become this place right. where you can you can know chemically and scientifically what the link. Like I can't. My wife and I have we we do seem to link up pretty well with what complements and what contradicts each other. You know, right? Um, but then you grow and you change a little bit. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't know when we were forty that she was going to be this way and I was going to be that way. We right. we can figure this out. But the better thing is that I've actually changed. In the, it's just weird. Well, you can change growth. together. Yeah. Or yeah. or not. Or perish. Right. But yep. people can do that. Yeah. But are there predictors that like, oh, Kyle right. will not change at 42. Yeah. Uh, but you can't this. because then, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, 
Trump ruined everything. When, 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 yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> fucking changed. Thanks, Obama. Um, but there is the thing of like when you have those dating apps and that kind of access as opposed to like the 1950s or 60s when you kind of just dated who you're going to date. Um, there's too many choices. Mm-hmm. So too, then you said too many. Too many. Right. So she then said you too, too many. many it's so, a combination between so and two. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you haven't committed if you think it's two, but it is right. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So like I can say 110 percent that has had my boyfriend not been so persistent, we would not still be dating because persistent via Bumble, via well, via like or after you met already. Bumble in the sense of like you know he made sure that the convert we met right around December on Bumble, and so there was a lot of going out of town to go be with family right. for holidays. It's a good way to do it. My wife and I did the same thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up he he kept texting me, so we would speak a lot, and then. We, show up at your doorstep no, with a boombox we over his head. Of, we were out of town. Okay, okay. But I got drunk and asked him to talk to me on the phone and then I fell the same asleep. Thing. God, we, you're, really? You're, yeah, you're, you're going to have a good marriage. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I got drunk and asked to and, and told him that he should call me in like 10 minutes and then I passed out and I didn't actually end up getting that call because it was so wasted. But that opened the door for phone calls which then when we finally met in January, so we were talking for like a month prior, which that's like... How that, were phone calls in 2018? I didn't know those still happened. Yeah. This was in 2015. Okay, so, so they were still like the same. That's the romantic comedy, the last yeah, phone call. The last phone, they, were, they were all right though. Um, they, you know, the same. It was yeah. pretty, but it wasn't, I mean, I guess it wasn't the same. No, it was... That was back when we were like, when we were twirling the... the the, the landline. And, and with our legs up in the air on our bed talk. Because that was another thing too, the mid the mid 20th century another part of courting was was talk at the phone and like mm-hmm. high yeah. school was like that's what you did you talked on the phone i talked to my to my male friends on the phone for hours at night yeah. when i was in high school oh yeah yeah well, i, we st- I still did. have friends who i talk on the phone yeah. with but now people just text or then they just but i'll text all fucking day to yeah. everybody yeah. or they're playing games and they got the headsets on like right right fuck you yeah, yeah yeah um okay here's something that we do with uh, mm. guests here so Coming at you in threes, gonna put you at ease. If you like it rough, well tough, you can pop the So I'm gonna throw three softballs out at you, and then there are no wrong answers, and we're just gonna, you know, just using them at a... As Is this a, called softballs? Yeah, Marty okay. softballs, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it'll be really simple. Like, what what are you gonna have for lunch today? I was gonna do a working lunch, so I was gonna go maybe masa... Uh-huh. You like masa? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And get that salad and that bread and do yeah, some work. Do Which salad? Or I'm actually going to get a recommendation from you where I should go around here. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, there's some great taco places around. What do you mean working lunch? I'm going to write and, and okay. get some shit done. Uh, that's, yeah. a, that's very... That's very resourceful. Trying to. Cassandra, do you, do you know what you're going to do? I want to like fucking copy, but like I was probably, I have an audition in right after this. And then after that, I'm probably going to just going to stay in that area. Do you want to run lines here on the podcast? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I have my skirt to my car. <laughs> no, oh my God, this audition's so stupid because I thought that it was, this is the second time this has happened to me where I get an audition for like a series regular and it sounds like a fucking comedy. And then I read the sides and I'm like, oh my God. It's probably I, the best approach. By I did the way. that once. You think? Yeah. Just approach I, it like a comedy, I've no matter that. what. Uh, approach your comedy like a drama, and approach your sh- drama like a comedy. No, because I showed up to one aud- the one audition, and the re- way I found out that it wasn't a comedy it was when you got the adjustment. No, yeah, I didn't even sh- I didn't even get to start. I didn't laughter. even get to start. I just walked in, and then I was like, we were talking, and she was talking about how everyone off- was already off at Miami shooting, and then before I even started, she said, "By the way, 
this is not a comedy. So don't do it like that. And I was like, sick of all you guys coming. Yeah, in here. and I was like, in my head, I was like, Yucking I see why this was a re-release of the role. And yeah. um, holy shit, I need to change everything I need to do in about three seconds. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I have one of those, so I'll probably um, do the same thing. Yeah, because I have my laptop, so I'll probably go and have, I'll see like, you, Masa. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just Marty, get, just for our own focus salad. sake, don't send us to the same restaurant in Eagle Rock. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to be over in the West Side. So I'll probably go to like Mendocino Farms or some shit. Oh. Because they have Wi Fi. Excellent. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an audition this afternoon, so I can have a leisurely lunch in oh, Hollywood. That's nice. Yeah. I, I might go to Thai Town, get some noodles. Or but something you like got that. commercial? Yeah. Tight. Yeah. I don't get those. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, it did, like back in the day, commercials paid a lot of money and you could make, yeah, you could make bank. But these days, there's so many non-union actors out there or so many young, non-union jobs out there and then just commercials don't run as long. You're fighting for it. Yeah. We yeah. have to vote. Well, and that that they, they changed the, the whole SAG thing. But I mean, luckily, it, I, I don't have to, I don't rely on that money the way I used to. Sure. Yeah, so that that's good. Because um, my wife is working at Netflix. Hey! <laughs> no. Wonderful company. Yes, yes. They're very supportive of artists across the board. I love Netflix. No, uh, I have I have other employment. I sell drugs. Right. Um, we're having some right now. Yes, delicious. Thank you. What is your... No, so you've already established yourself as a bit of a film uh, snob, would you call yourself, or just a film? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, no, a film, film, uh, movie geek, film lover, a film, film lover, lover, a film yeah. geek. Okay. Now, do you have a like a guilty pleasure like movie that is like nobody knows that? Like, I like I like mediocre movies. Okay. Uh, like I love I love the some of the movies in like. January and February that are dumped uh-huh. that are just like an 85 minute like Liam Neeson revenge <laughs> oh, action movie like that I know it's gonna be just like okay yeah 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 um, you know like I, um, I, I'll go to those I'll watch me I'll go to like Arclight um, and I'll just like watch half of it if I you know you know I just like see you the walk, trailers you walk out I'll walk out all the time uh-huh. not even in a huff or like mean I'm just like alright I'll come back I'll, <laughs> I get I'll, it. I'll pop in here the next time I'm here yeah um, <laughs> I, I, I went to Red Sparrow which is actually like a I thought was a kind of a, a throwback to like the 80s, 90s adult dramas, um, yeah. like the thrillers. I actually kind of liked it, um, but I it took me four viewings, not because I was I was just like I I had like an hour and a half to kill, and I was right by there, and I was like I'm gonna go pop into this, <laughs> and then I can't. I, I had another half hour to kill another time, like before I had to so pick the kids, you, and I was like I popped stitched it, it together. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> yes. So I do I do that a lot, and yeah, I, I'm guilty pleasures that are just like straight guilty pleasures. I, I'm not a big kitsch fan, like. People love. Like I have friends that love all like the the Burt Reynolds like oh, yeah, 70s yeah. Smoking the Bandit and all those that like. I never got into like a lot of the kitsch or like movies that. Um, so I don't have some of those traditional. I just like a lot of mediocre movies or a very you know it's like Movie Court actually the podcast I do with Kruger is about right. me defending movies that other people don't like, and I'm me trying to defend them. So I do defend movies quite a bit. If I think of a guilty yeah. pleasure, I'll let you know. Okay. Give me. Those Hallmark garbage. Gimme, gimme, oh, gimme, gimme, right. gimme. I don't have cable, so I don't get to watch the Hallmark channel, but, but like. Luckily, there's Netflix. Ooh, right? a Christmas Prince, a Christmas Inheritance. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. I'm shocked I haven't seen Big Wedding yet because I'll watch anything that Katherine Heigl's in because <laughs> it is right up my alley. She did one where she was a lesbian with. Um, 
Alexis Bledel. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was called. It was bad. Ooh, just like yum, 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 yum. That's gimme, right. gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. <laughs> I do love those dumb thrillers. Like the, I've seen Taken ones yeah. through three like multiple times. The Grey is was oh, fun too. Yeah. That was a dope. Gray is kind <laughs> of like that's heavy. I yeah, mean, that, yeah. that's kind of intense. But like, I'm th- talking about like Halle Berry in the call where she plays oh, yeah. a 911 right, right, operator yeah. and ends up like it's like a warm blanket, just all the little tropes. Oh, they yeah. use. I just, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a, it was well done. The one that she did after that, the kidnapping one, not so good. But I've been getting into like kind of shitty horror too ever since I started really oh, yeah. watching like Unfriended. I love so much, and I really want to see this Truth or Dare one. Yeah, with their funny smiles. Yeah, and I know it's not going to be good, but un- it's going to be fun. The sequel to Unfriended is coming out. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So that Finally. was done all through webcams. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see it? I did not. This no. is I heard one good that things about it. Actually, if you yeah. ever watch, watch it on a laptop. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the great. whole thing is done on a laptop. Can I take the laptop to a theater and watch it in a theater <laughs> yeah. on a laptop yeah. since I'm if a theater guy? If you insist, guy? yeah. <laughs> if you have earbuds. But you know what they need to do? Because I agree that it is better to see movies in theater by barely I mean, I have the movie pass. I could go once a day if I, I love want to. The movie pass. But I, I don't I I need to go. But they need to start bringing like these big comedies that Netflix is producing, like I just watched the Game Over Bro, those workaholic guys. I'm yeah. like that was, it was this stupid movie, but like there was I laughed and like uh my boyfriend who's a brilliant person with a master's degree was laughing even harder cuz yeah. it's just like dude bro comedies. And I was like that would have been a fun one to see in a theater. I, I agree. Big comedies like that are the best to see in theaters. Scary movies, comedies, and action movies yeah. like in a theater oh, when you get people cheering after yeah. a sequence oh, yeah. or whatever I, I, yeah I agree. but there there is a rumor going out that netflix does want to buy a, a theater chain a theater that's yeah. smart yeah that'd be Which cool it used to be illegal that was the whole thing in the 50s when they had to break up break the, up the studios weren't allowed to yeah. To mm. own oh. theaters because of monopoly, <clears throat> right? United you know, Artists, like everything else, we're going back. Which I'll, I'll take if, if they're committed to it and they're actually going to do it. Then mm. I'm, I'm fine with it. And it's, it's all a balance. I'm not saying that everyone has to watch all movies at, in the theater. It, it's a balance. It's just as long as the theater experience stays alive. So they would only show Netflix stuff. Maybe. I, think they, I bet they would also probably be able to rent, yeah. rent out to. They yeah. probably. I, I, I don't know how that would work. I don't, and especially avoiding that that law, you know, yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Because I just feel like they're. Their movies can't possibly be as popular as their series. Well, here's the other thing they could do. Well, they because you get the the bingeiness of a whole series, right? And it's, but like it's, but their movies, like they did, like Bright would have done well in the theater, right? Bright or the Brad Pitt, like they they do. Um, but what they could do is it could be part of your subscription, so you can go there mm-hmm. and you don't have to buy. If you're if you're you, maybe you're a Prime member or something, you pay a dollar extra a month to also have the theater experience or something. Like if you're a right. Netflix member, you get to go to that theater and just swipe your phone and. That would be fun. I like the way you think. Yeah. yeah. You get to see all of these. As you know, I'm a really tech, I, I'm yeah. a really forward thinking tech and person. And swipe your phone. You really are supportive. <laughs> swipe your phone with your TiVo. Very supportive of Netflix too. A very supportive. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I do love Netflix and I watch, I, I, I love it, Netflix. It's that one little thing where I'm not sure what they're doing with theatrical distribution and being a person that loves the theatrical experience, I just hope they're doing the right thing. Yeah, because I because you want to not... see all those Adam Sandler movies on the big screen, <laughs> and also wouldn't it be fun to see yourself in a Noah Baumbach movie in a theater? You know? Yeah, yeah, and, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they don't have premieres. They do. It's funny that Little Evil one was interesting because I was all excited there was going to be a premiere at the Netflix headquarters in in Hollywood, California here, and. It, and it, it's also wonderfully humbling, and it's how it should be. Like it's more like 
premieres can be these big affairs that are kind of fun to like be a part of and lights and you know and it's at a big theater and there's a red carpet and it's dazzling and kind of fun but theirs was like it was one of like three or four premieres they were doing there at their you know their building in hollywood there was no big to do about it It was just like we're gonna screen it in this room and it was like a screening yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so it wasn't as made a big to do which is fine and like yeah it's it's Got to get those Getty images. Yeah, uh, Darren pointed out that Jenny's Wedding was the yeah, title film. The one that's the one. The one that Bill Watterson plays a firefighter. Yes, that's I remember. Him. I got yes. so excited and I tweeted at him, or I t- yeah, I tweeted at him, and he was like, "Why are you watching that?" <laughs> I was like, "Come on, way dude. to support yourself." Have Bill. you met me? So okay, last uh, softball. Now this might be a little faster, but what what would you consider? career success what do you consider career success and i bring this up because of the short film that you wrote and directed Mm. um do you want to you were in and wonderfully i I was in and you get big laughs oh that's good um and the the pitch is it's about an actor who's yeah it's it's about the it's a day in the life of a of a writer struggling to to um come to terms with whether or not he should continue pursuing uh, a career in entertainment right. or whether he should move on and the sort of satirical twist is that all his friends have moved on and they're they're really happy about it they, they, <laughs> their lives are so peaceful it's about the it's about the sort of the mark that a lot of us hit sometimes various times in our career sometimes once and where the hustle of it all and the the long road that seemingly is ahead is is outweighing the, the the stress that puts on you is outweighing whatever rewards might be right out there. right and and it's it's like, it is an ongoing thing and right I mean because you do struggle with it but and but you have like an incredible career so well yeah no it, and it's it, it's it's not just about me it, it's about different parts of my career and it's also about friends it's about journeys that I've taken in my career and it's and one I mean in, when I wrote that one I was in a big I was in a midlife crisis just sort of in my life. Right. And then also career wise, I was, I was having, um, just struggle. And I, I'd also has reminding myself that I wanted to start writing, directing more. Right. Right. And getting into it was, um, it was having a lot of difficulty getting that going. And, and so, um, I, it was a, it was, it was a, uh, it was me combining a lot of different roads that I've taken in this career, in my career with friends roads and right. the, the general struggle of, it's, it's a difficult career path. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is. And it takes a lot out of you. And it's incredibly rewarding. Right. Um, you know, my worst day on a set is still a, an amazing day. I've never really had a bad time on a, on a set. Sure. Um, and and, and if, you, if you're in a part of your career when you're actually getting to create every day, whether it's writing or acting, it's just a wonderful thing, right. in my opinion, to be able to do. But there's also some real... The, the, real real stress involved in completely <laughs> yeah yeah um so do you what would what, you would do you want to be making movies or is it uh, yeah i want to be i want to be directing uh, and creating i mean it, it's also changed a little bit yeah if i would have done things differently if in the 90s if i would have come out here and, and started a directing career that was the thing to be the next bt anderson or the you know right that's changed so much i have a family you know my you know now it's just sort of if i'm able to to create to produce or or collaborate on a on a project and direct every once in a while um and you know pop up and direct a movie every few years 
you know that's the goal right now but it's still right. a little bit of a it's it's hard it's it's, it's hard for anyone to get a movie made yeah <laughs> let alone and, someone and, that's never done one and it's also incredibly stressful ask yeah, ask yeah. bill watterson like how hard it is to make a low budget movie yeah and it's like takes years out of your life and that's years when you could be but that short that i did which i put some resources into and did over I, it was so fun and it, it was, was great ass, it was really every fun. day i had to like lug the you know i had to, you know i was like oh i can't wait till <laughs> someone else pays for this and i don't have to do the but on set directing figuring out shots editing i loved editing you know Editing's it was just great. that's when i got my movie boner and my career boner just like um oh man you, you look up after a day of creating no matter what you're doing whether you're building a house or whatever you know if you're able to do your career as your hobby as well and your love and your passion it's a great feeling and, yeah. and even that short which took a lot out of me was very very rewarding yeah it was really fun i was happy i was proud to be a part of it you were great in it uh, what about you, Cassandra? The question is, what what do you consider career success? Like, what? Uh, well, as I continue to age uh, and mature, I think that it's now kind of a building block, and just having that one attainable goal ahead of you. Because right. um, the more and more I talk to people who have um, things that I would consider to be success the more i find out that um nothing ever changes and it, <laughs> it's always, basically same problems more money is right. just kind of yeah, yeah, how yeah, it keeps yeah, going exactly. so um at this point my definition of career success is that i'm not waiting tables on the weekends anymore that's and fair. then after that happens ask me what it's going to be after right that. no that's good but i gotta go one step at a time and it's also like nice to hear uh from you and um hearing about you lugging around your all your own equipment on your own yeah. short film because uh that's that, what you do on that's yours. what i do yeah. <laughs> yeah so i'm just like oh yeah i remember having to pack up kate's crv full of all of the fucking lighting equipment because we don't have grip trucks and right. we can only afford CRV people for one day and that's it and we have to drop off and all of our own shit and yeah right Right. It's but you're right because if you're if you have the the luxury and the privilege to to do something that you love so much and the time to do it and you don't have to like if that's what you get to do oh you're it's, great it's you're, the best that's thing. career success no matter what yeah I can I can continue to wait tables um on the weekend because uh I'm not one of my other friends who gave up and moved home and won't admit that they're really sad. Mm. Oh, so, but you can be in that situation and also be sad, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, no, yeah. totally. And, uh, and I mean that with the most love for all my friends who have moved home because yeah. you know, sometimes it's what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and also bye. <laughs> I, I don't mind I mean, when people move home. <laughs> yeah. I had years of, of, you know, relative good success and as an actor and like, but there was still, it was all intermittent stuff. It was all day player stuff. It was all ads. And then like, so my goal was like, I just want to be the like seventh person on the call sheet mm -hmm. of a show that runs more than five years, you know, because that's all I really care. That's cared. a huge, that's, yeah. It was just huge, right? And then there's so many people in that situation. You're like, you watch like whatever Bones and you're like, wow, that, that forensic psych, that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The scientist, he's got it made. You know, and I was like, that would be great. But that's not really why we do this, right? We do this because we want to be creative and we want to, we don't just want cushiness and comfort, but. That, and that cushiness uh, and comfort, I feel like it just, I mean, it's, <laughs> well, we, when does it, when does it come though? Because like we, I said, right. I, I have friends who are on shows and they still complain about 
auditioning and all of these things right. that I'm like, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah, wait, no. shut up, you, wait, fuck, oh shit, oh my god, what? well, it is such an interesting, like you said, it's such a stage based pursuit, right? You it know, has to be. You it, can't when just I was move out here class, and then go yeah, to Oscar, it's like it's all different. I wanted was a commercial agent. That's right. All the first, and when I got one, I was so excited. And when like my friends who didn't have one were like, "Oh my God, Kyle got a commercial agent. Where, how'd that happen?" Yeah. And then it took me two years to even book a non-union commercial, but that was like all I wanted. <laughs> right. And I was pretty good about being stagey like that, like you know, not looking ahead, which I think does help a lot. I think in the process, if you just mm-hmm. really like you were saying, just all I want, like I'm in this stage now. I want to enjoy this stage, be good at it, be really good at it, and get to the next. This to the is next the next one, one. Yeah. right? And then and I then, think about. What it is because there's only so much you have control over, you know. Well, that's the thing, too, is I'm learning more and more that anything that I think how things I believe are going to happen is never how anything has happened yet, right? So, So obviously, you can create what I mean, you can create what you can create, yeah. I'm in control of my own creations, but other than that, nothing has worked out how I thought it was gonna work out. So, fuck it, whatever, yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I'm in a position now where I can, I'm you know, work and then I can still get away for auditions, yeah. And that's fine. And then I'm, but more importantly, I get to create, I get to come here and, mm-hmm. and act silly. And then I do, you know, other creative pursuits. And so that's, but it's, it's hard. It's always, it's a constant, constant grind. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's when you embrace that as a good thing and not just like a, a burden, that's probably. There is a part that you, the embracing part is important and really re, figuring out how to roll with it. And I'm not saying I've obtained this because every five years I have a breakdown because the hustle, the, the hustle will kill you and the hustle will just like, and you got to read, oh my God, I've thought of nothing but my, I'll go to bed at night, like thinking too, you know, and then your life's in front of you. It's, you know, you, you have to be present with your life in general and right. you, you know, you're, you, 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 you want to have harmony with your career no matter what part it's in so that your life is not completely stress. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, having some stability like and in the home life is really important mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and having and, a modicum of financial you know stability is great too. <laughs> but yeah, but No, it's it's a huge part of it. Yeah. So, uh are you oh, are you you are back on Will and Grace or you were? Well, I was. I didn't I didn't they had me back totally separate as a different character, oh, different character. and I didn't oh. tell I didn't remind them that I was on it, you know. Oh. 14 years before because I didn't I didn't want them to be like oh wait and <laughs> yeah, we can't cast him yeah, it'll yeah, spoil yeah, the entire he was, he was the waiter in yeah. uh, the Friday sequence yeah huh. so yeah <laughs> I was all nervous the whole week that they're gonna find out that, that they're gonna remember so funny because yeah some but there are a bunch of look at there are people in the Marvel universe that have been cast in multiple I'm roles. in the Marvel universe wait, I was in Agent Carter oh yeah Oh, that's that's cool. why I was gonna also send like kind of a snarky tweet about Mar- tweet about a tweak. Um, it's a it's it's when someone that's Dad, on meth Twitter tweets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to say something about how congratulations to all the actors that were released from their Marvel contract this weekend because I feel so bad for Robert Downey Jr. that I feel like he's trapped in the Marvel Universe and he can't like as a movie goer first of all I want him out of those Marvel movies so that he can do other work right right and second mm. of all I just feel I feel like they're hostages like wait I yeah. I, lo- I thought I'd do like three Iron Man movies and that was it I did not know I'd have to make cameos in Ant-Man and Wasp right you know <laughs> but Fuck. you know making seven figures in each each time around I get well but yeah. how many, he doesn't we need any money we just talked about the creative process right I know okay <laughs> okay is he yeah is yeah. he getting um, but, but then I remembered uh, Marvel was kind enough to to let me do an arc on agent carter and that i would I'm, i love being in the marvel world so basically yeah. i'm just i'm just biting hands that feed me today mm-hmm. but like michael b <laughs> what's his name michael uh b. jordan yeah b jordan mm. he was 
he was in Fantastic Four and he was in Black Panther. So right. he played two different roles and so did Chris Evans uh, uh, or Chris, yeah, Captain America and Johnny Storm in Fantastic right, Four. Right. Yeah, so... I so guess you, that they were just ready to let Fantastic so, Four Well, I think out. there's something about Fantastic Four where it's like, we're going to like... They're like, this didn't work. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mulligan. Yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Yeah. But what is it? I, the term canon, right? Canon, canon, yeah. yeah. Not canon, doesn't matter. Not canon. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. But you... So That's I'm in saying, the contract when we do Fantastic Four. It's like, don't worry, you, the, you're you're actually to do Fantastic Four. You you get to be in another Marvel movie. Yeah, like that's that's what like. You're, can you just do this? Just this favor? do this. We'll, we'll if let- it lands, <laughs> you're gonna be happy, and if it doesn't, we'll, we'll just, put we'll you get, in the we'll Avengers. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but Sorry. Yeah, there have been like a couple dozen actors who have been in in multiple multiple characters in the MCU. So I I'm saying that you can come back unless I've just unless I've offended Marvel with my non well, tweet tweet. A, they a, do listen. Yeah. They do listen, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they're in a Twitter war with Netflix right now, and you know, oh, who's the bigger fan of the podcast? Uh, I'm sure right now, you know, they're they're winning. Disney's winning. Uh, so we're gonna. Oh, let's see. We got one thing. Oh, let's see. Okay, Robert Downey Jr. is movie to movie. He doesn't have a contract. He gets fifty million per film and a percentage of the box office, according to Darren. Again, Ooh. I feel I feel so That's bad for insane. him. Insane. Yeah, poor guy. Bummer. Um, yeah. Wow. But what was the last one he did with the lawyer thing with Robert Duvall? Did you see that one? That was part of the Marvel Universe. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so we are, are so grateful that you could make it, make some oh, time yeah. today. Awesome. And did you book the thing last week that you that you uh, probably can't talk about? Um, it, I, it went well, so we'll see. All right. That's good. That's how I feel about the tampon right. commercial I went out nice. on yesterday. Um, did you go on a tampon commercial? No, it was... It was uh, UPS. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. So, uh, but if you people want to see you, like I said, you'll be on whatever, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, May 20th. Untitled Noah Baumbach film. That's what I want you to work on when you're at Moscow. No, the title. Yeah. yeah the title. I want it to be released as the Untitled. <laughs> the Untitled. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Like yeah. the horror That sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. And then... The, the movie Kyle failed to title. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, and then my wife will put it on a billboard. <laughs> I want to see that billboard. Yeah. Just with your, like, you frowning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or no, everybody frowning yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Sally. And then break a leg today. Hey, thanks. All right. I'm going to do my best. Kill it. And then I'm Trying to chill out in those audition rooms. I think that's my problem. Yes, and remember, drama, not comedy. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. All right. But also be me, yo. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Right there. Okay, so email us. That's at noonerpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Bornheimer and follow the two of us at our names, Cass Cardenas, Marty U. Follow the uh, Instagram so I know I'm not wasting my time at Nooner Podcast. Well, I think Instagram is a waste. What? Sorry. That's you, dude. Everyone I know. Else I'm an old man. It. I'm an old man. Um, shit. Okay. So uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on. Get what an idiot. Mail sack. I pressed play. Oh, I played the wrong cue. Mail sack. Mail sack. Yeah, that was great. I'm not going to fix that at all. Yeah. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.